0: In order to get buy-in, we need to create clarity and consistency around three areas. We need to create clarity and consistency around how we operate, clarity and consistency around what we mean by culture, and clarity and consistency around structure.
1: Welcome to Tractionville, the podcast for companies running on EOS. I'm your host, Chris White, along with... Benj Miller. And we are super pumped to have our first... I don't know how we classify it, Benj, comeback. Repeat (laughs) Repeat, offender. Repeat offender. Our guest today is Walt Brown. Walt Brown is a certified EOS implementer. He is an author and uh, of the patient organization and he's going to drop his new book on tractionville today. Uh Walt is a avid mountain biker and black diamond skier. Walt, well, welcome back to Tractionville, buddy.
0: Thanks for having me. You scored low on IQ exam and have me back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, we, uh, we had so much fun with you last time. So we've all been looking forward um, to today. We know you're going to drop a lot of bombs on uh, the Tractionville community today. All good stuff. And uh, But let's just jump right into it, man. You are, um, you're just pumping out the, the content. So we know that you're the author of the patient organization, and that has blown up, certainly inside the EOS community. Um, if you haven't, read Walt's book yet go get it um it's a game changer uh for all of us but let's uh let's go to your next book walt tell us uh tell us what's on your heart today what are you doing
0: yeah i can lay it out here so the, the second book is called death of the org chart with the subtitle rise of the organizational graph and it's, it's basically an extension of the accountability chart and we do great work inside the accountability chart but a lot of companies need a little bit more and just to kind of lay some context for you guys uh you know, thanks for having me back, Chris. Bench, Super friends. I hope we laugh some a little bit today. But this is this is some of the core tenets that I have when I'm working with my EOS clients. Is that we believe that an organization is a fiction, a fiction that's only given meaning and power by your people and by those people who who buy in. And uh, if you imagine, if you've got an organization, you've got a hundred people, and fifty-one people are buying into this, and forty-nine people are buying into that, then we have Two organizations. We've kind of already been divided. We're on a way to being conquered. And that's a lot of what we do through EOS, is try to create one single organization. And uh, just having have gone through this journey, a little bit of a background. So I've, I've been honored with being able to take 180 organizations through the EOS journey, through the EOS process. And I talk about it as like you're put your heels in the Atlantic ocean and you have to go across the country and back, you know, across the rivers, across the mountains, across the desert, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a tough haul. So there's a lot of discoveries that have come out of these journeys. And uh, the, the big discovery is, is in order to get buy-in, we need to create clarity and consistency around three areas. We need to create clarity, and consistency around how we operate, clarity, and consistency around what we mean by culture and clarity, and consistency around, structure. So, so traction EOS is our organizational clarity and consistency weapon. Uh, The patient organization was the seven questions of culture and engagement. And then this new book, as we dig deeper in, we realize that a lot of times the accountability chart does a lot of great work, but it really doesn't take it deep enough, especially as you get EOS down the road, like three years, people are asking for more. And so there's this uh, structure bolt on. And the last little piece, if you're interested in like visuals, is we talk about EOS as being this amazing, amazing system, complete set of tools that gives you vision traction, healthy. But what you see when you've been doing it for a long time is that the momentum has a tendency to uh, drop out. The people who were trained originally move on. Uh, the, the system never really truly gets rolled out all the way. And so I'm kind of on a mission to make sure we're getting rollout all the way. And so we talk about EOS as this, this amazing wheel, and it's a wheel that's kind of like a tricep, it's kind of like a it's a wheel. It's kind of like a unicycle. You know, you learn how to ride it. It's not the easiest thing to ride. Not everybody can ride a unicycle, but it's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing, you know, vehicle. And what our goal is, is to bolt on two wheels to this to this unicycle, a culture wheel and a structure wheel, which is the patient organization and death of the org chart. And we create a tricycle, basically a vehicle anybody can ride. Uh, so that's sort of the setup. What we're talking about today is, Death of the org chart, organizational yeah. cognizance, model, and structure. I'm drawing
1: that uh, image out of the three. Why? Why death of the org chart?
0: Uh, it's, what we look at is, is, you know, you, when we're digging into EOS, when we're digging into the accountability chart. One of the cool things we do is, you know, the accountability charts kind of like, call like a, 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 intermediate slope deal where the org chart is like a, is like a green slope, easy slope where you have, you know, here's your job and here's who you report to. And in the world of EOS, we take that deeper and we say, here are your seats. And then here are all the roles that you play or all the positions that you're part of and getting that granularity down into with the accountability chart to really understand where all the roles are, not just the jobs and the seats. So we capture this idea of in the accountability chart, here's your seat, here's, your, here's who you report to, and here are all the roles that you play. And that's that's good, and that's kind of what an org chart gives you. It's kind of what an accountability chart gives you. But when you really step back and you look at, a a true modern day organization it's a lot more complex than what can be captured in an org chart the org chart is no longer a tool that we can really use to see our organization other than like through headcount who reports to whom and so the, the backbone of death of the org chart is this model we call the organizational cognizance model i'm a word guy so i'll describe some of the words here but it's organizational cognizance model. We want to create an, uh, you know, an organization and, and a way for the CEO and leadership to be able to say who is doing what and why, but we also want to flip this script and put it on the other side where the individual contributor, the employee is really on day one, able to say, what am I doing and why? And so we, you know, this, this all comes from working with teams. When we have a, an issue and a gap. You know, we're just, we're just not understanding how to bring people on board quickly, how to keep them moving in the future, how they're being developed. And so the model is this. I'll just lay it on the model really quick. It's called the 14-point checklist. And we would like for every individual in the organization to be able to, to say, hey, I know the purpose of my job or my seat. And I know the purpose of all the roles that are their functions of this seat. And I know who I report to and I know who my mentor is, and I know who I turn to for coaching and all of these roles. That's sort of like the green level slope. And then we go, I understand what meetings I'm part of and why. I understand what teams I'm part of and why. I understand what entities I'm interfacing with. So an entity could be like mapping to customers or projects or, or clients and it's clearly mapped. So we start going up the mountain and it's like what else are people doing from a, an organizational cognizance model? is we, we, what what entities are you interfacing with what workflows are you participating in what processes are you following what systems do you know how to log into what are your objectives what are your key results and what are the skills you need to have to be able to do this job and we're actually helping our clients capture all that information you know putting their arm around the shoulder of the individual contributor they're working arm in arm hand in hand to get this work done and then we capture it in a software. We just call it the organizational cognizance model.
2: As best you can do on a podcast that's audio, talk us through what that, that looks like. Yeah. Become a three-dimensional illustration.
0: Dead on, man. So I, Dead on, Ben. So we, you start thinking about uh, ob- objects or nodes and connections the way they're connected right and so you end up with this big sort of hairball looking thing and so i'd been drawing it out for a bunch of years as like circles you know here here here's the person as a circle and they own a job that's a circle and then you know the different roles they have all those are circles and those 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 jobs those roles are functions of their seats Does that makes sense and then oh, yeah. they're attached to workflows and systems and so it's this big uh node and connection or object and connection model yeah and this is funny you thanks for teeing that up but so i've been drawing it and i've been had been trying to find a software to be able to capture it and one day this young man who used to uh, tutor my daughters in chemistry comes back to town he's a total data wonk out of princeton and his name is elias and he says hey i'm coming back to town looking for a job can we spend some time so we go to starbucks and have the basic hour what's going on with your life elias how can i help you and at the very end i said hey man you know you're just this complete data guy let let me let me show you this model. And I drew out those circles and lines and, and, and nodes yeah. basically on the napkin and he goes, Oh, that's a graph instead of what he says, yeah, you know, a graph database, nodes, objects, connections, all the different ways that things interrelate, I can build that for you. I've got some time where I'm doing a job search and in about six weeks, he had built this model, this graph database model based on the 14 point checklist in a program called Neo4j. And I took it and I showed it to some clients and they're like, oh man, I love that. I want that. We've been trying to capture this model, Walt, with Word and Excel and it just sort of sucks. And but I like it. And so I took that little model that Elias had built and put it out for bid for some minimal viable products. I know you guys are software guys, so you guys get this. I got a bid back for $375,000 and $675,000, just minimal viable product. And I'm going, well, you know, I'm, almost 59. I'm not going to spend that kind of money, but just like a, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and, and I got this bone in my teeth, man. I'm just digging and I'm digging one day into Amazon <laughs> Web Services. And, and this video pops up and it's like, holy cow, that's exactly what I'm looking for. It's demonstrating the software. that's part of Amazon Web Services. And I click on it and the name of the company is, is Tom Sawyer Software, and I roll my eyes, who the hell names their company, Tom Sawyer Software. But I dig in, I'm like type in CEO, Tom Sawyer Software, Brendan Madden comes up, and I, and I dive in and, I, you know, do the old LinkedIn to Brendan. He's out in uh, California, was uh, Cornell Applied Physics, IBM Watson for eight years. and Now his company, Tom Sawyer Software, serves like Boeing and 3M and all these big companies. And I am like, what the hell? So I link into him. He he links in back. I said, hey, Brendan, you got a you got a you got time for a quick call? And he goes, yeah. Call him up. Hey man, how's it going? You don't know me from Adam, but I, you know, I'm calling you. I think you've got a solution looking for a problem. And I got a problem looking for a solution. And my only prob- my only issue is that my stuff's so simple to what you do, you could basically steal it. You could take my balls and cut them off right now. And he says, lay them out there. I did say that. He says, lay them out there. Mm-hmm. And I laid it out to him in like 30 seconds. And he says, let's do it. And I said, what do you mean let's do it? He says, we'll do a joint venture 50-50. I'll put my guys on it, we'll get our stuff configured and we'll make it rip. You do the sales and marketing, I'll do the software back in. So it's like, you know, Dan Sullivan talks about 10X or whatever kind of collaboration. This is absolutely, it's been super sweet. We we, uh, have been through beta and we're getting ready to launch that now. So that's how we capture all of this in a graph database.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Keystone Search. CEOs, owners, and visionaries, having the right integrator can literally create rocket fuel for your business. Hiring the wrong one is expensive and can even damage the business you've worked so hard to build. The team at Keystone Search is expert at helping visionaries hire their ideal integrator. Keystone has conducted successful integrator searches across the country, and they are proud to say when EOS Worldwide needed a new integrator in 2016, Keystone was the firm of choice. If hiring a rockstar integrator is in your future, go to www.keystonesearch.com to download more information or give them a call. Keystone Search is here to help you.
2: So, Walt, it sounds very intriguing. It sounds like a lot of work to get in there and actually do the work to map that out. What's the payoff on the other side?
0: Oh, gosh. So, you know, I'm a big employee engagement guy, right? It's, and so I was trained in 2007 by Gallup on, on the benefits of, of, of raising employee engagement. And this sort of takes us back to the seven questions, of culture that we bolt on one of the wheels to EOS, where we want we want every employee to be able to say, you know, understand what it means to belong and I believe, understand what I'm accountable for and how I'm measured, how I'm heard, how I'm developed, and how I'm balanced. Seven questions. And these, these questions came from uh, millennial focus groups. I don't know if you remember that from our first podcast or not, but we said, why does EOS work in the millennial world? And did some focus groups and it came back, you know, well, it helps us answer these seven questions. And one of the questions that was coming back, the weakest was accountability. Truly, how do I fit into this organization? And so you go back and figure out, you know, how long does it really take to get a new employee up to speed where you're getting a real ROI on that new person? Especially think about it nowadays in a world where we've got this new hybrid world where, you know, people aren't even coming into the office to even learn ad hoc anymore. So, you know, can, if you imagine if you're a brand new employee and somebody was to hand you this map, Here's your job. Here's the purpose. Here are all the roles that you play and the purpose of those roles. Here's who you're reporting to. Here's who your mentor is. Here's who you're going to be coached by. If you got a question from any of these roles, you go to these people over here. These are the meetings you're part of and why. Here are the teams you're playing with. Here are the entities you interface with. Here are the workflows you follow. You link to here. Here are the processes that you are following. You go there. Here are the systems that you're going to be logging into. Here are the objectives for the year and the quarter. Here are key results that you can be reporting on your scorecard. And finally, these are the skills you need to develop in order to do this job, fill these seats, these roles. Plus you can look at the whole organization and see where you might want to go. What's the next role you want to achieve? What are the processes you're following? Who's the coach that you could go talk to? What skills do you need to have? So it's, you create this, this immediate, so it's called the organizational cognizance model binge for, for a reason. It's we have our senses, you know, we can feel and we can hear and smell and touch and, and then see. But with, with this, if you're the difference between awareness and cognizance is if you smell smoke, you're aware of the smoke. But if you know that that smoke is the cozy fireplace in the den and not an electrical fire in the wall, that's called cognizance. And, you know, in, in organizations are, are this complex and you, you know, you think how quickly can you get somebody up to speed? and have them really know how to navigate the organization. This is what this is all about. It is a lot of work, but you know, when you, when you've done 180 EOS implementations, what you realize is that the accountability chart gets stuck one or two levels out from the leadership team. Right? Chris, Ben, you've been doing this too. It gets stuck. And we have to somehow be able to flip the script. And so in the book, Death of the War Chart, there are a couple of really great facilitations. One of them is called the Flower Power Exercise, which is this amazingly just common sense, simple thing that we teach a leadership team. And it's about a 10 for 10 type of deal where I teach the, the flower power and they're immediately carrying it all the way out into the organization where we're it's, it's a way to generate and create a full inventory of all the roles or positions that are being played in the organization. And and, and you're involving the the players to create these understandings of these roles. And then you're getting the ones who are actually playing the roles, the ones who fill out the model. So it's being being created from the outside in or from the bottom up. And they're seeing this as something we're doing for them as opposed to to them. And it's amazing, you get five people in the room, we'll do a flower power exercise where we, you know, got one person that kind of has this job and we're all putting input into what we think Chris is doing every day. We make this list and, and sort it. What pops out is what Chris actually does every day. And then from there, he's like, Oh, okay, let me define what the purpose of that is and what systems to log into, et cetera. Does that, does that make any sense mm-hmm. at all? I feel like I'm yakking a ton today, but,
2: but that's, Super. that's why we have you on to yak. What's the, what's the, <laughs> why is it called flower power?
0: Well, the flower power exercise is uh, we, we say this, Okay. Chris is in the middle. Maybe Chris might have the same job that three other people that are sitting around this table have. We just put Chris in the middle of the flower and we go, everybody think about what Chris is supposed to be or is doing and thinking about every second, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every quarter. What are all the things we see Chris doing or needing to do or to be thinking about? And you make this big list. And then in real time, you're at a whiteboard, you put Chris's name in the center of the board with his name, and then you go around the room, okay, Ben, what's what's your first idea? And you write, you give us an idea. Chris, what's your idea? You put another one, you know, Tom, what's your idea? And as you go around, you're basically asking the group, does that fit with these other words? And you go around the room, go around the go around the room, and you're at the whiteboard, you're basically creating these groups of words that are around the little center knob in the center and then you draw lines around the words and it ends up looking like a beautiful flower, kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's why we that's why I call it the flower power And then we go okay. through a process where we name each one of the, each one of the flower petals. And those are the positions or roles.
2: How Especially big for- is a company that you see how many employees to where they need to shift from this accountability chart mindset to more of the organizational graph?
0: Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. Really, you know, the accountability chart works great at at thirty people, twenty one people. You know, what do they say? Every time, once you get past seven, once every time you add fourteen people, the organization splits. So you get up into that twenty one, twenty eight type of number where, you know, you really just kind of hard to see how it's all working. You get up to fifty, you get to a hundred. I mean, it just really starts to shake and bake at that point because it just gets all muddy right? All and, the workflows and, get lost
2: underneath new automation systems and all that stuff. And by that point, you're dealing with maybe not at all, or maybe a lot less people sitting in multiple seats. So how does that complexity come in? Well, you know, this was great with a with the company we have. So it's a, it's
0: a software and services business that's at 12 people now. And so we're doing the exact same exercise. You're just making sure we understand what all the positions are, all the roles that are going on. And they're mapping them. So as we duplicate out, you know you like you're saying a lot of times as bigger companies go it's a perfect piece binge is you know larger and larger companies a role actually becomes a seat right mm-hmm. yeah you know jobs don't have multiple different positions attached it's like you just sort of have one position and that's all you play all day long we want to lose well, it.
1: I want to bring you back to the 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 fourteen point checklist yeah. um. Tell, tell our listeners, how, tell the application of it. Um, how frequent, just can, go a little deeper on that.
0: You mean how frequently is it? Uh, so a lot of times what we're doing is, you know, we talk about delegate and elevate in the world of, of EOS. So, you know, very quickly, it doesn't matter how big they are. I'm using the flower power. I have another exercise that's in the book, too, called Cracking Eggs, Pulling Teeth. The flower power exercise to really <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, cracking eggs and pulling teeth. Yeah, 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 cracking eggs and pulling teeth. It's just a more difficult, harder <laughs> thing to do. So where the flower power is kind of easy, cracking eggs, pulling <laughs> teeth is we we do more on it's just more of a thinking exercise. What are the positions and roles that need to be thought about? That's 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 in the book. Flower power is easier. Uh, a couple of ways that we're using it is is it all starts with a, with a clear understanding of what the what the roles and positions are, <clears throat> and you know, delegate and elevate, let's understand really what are all the roles that are attached into a certain seat that somebody's holding. And, you know, that gives us the roadmap to say, you know, you've got these eight roles that you're filling, you know, which ones are your highest and best use, which one do you love the most? You know, so we can take these roles and put them somewhere else, but then under, inside each role, you can actually use the 14 point checklist inside underneath each role. You, okay. know, you might, you might, right. So you and then, so it it gets kind of more complicated. But that's an organization is you. know, You might be attending a meeting, representing your seat, but you also might be attending a meeting just representing your role, or you might be part of a team representing a role and not really your seat. And that's where you know, especially when you're dealing with like cross functional teams, and uh, you have a project that comes in, and we're saying, well, you know, okay, this project is going to be made up of of people who have these skills and, and, and can handle these roles or these positions. And so you can actually build out, you know, teams and sort of, you know, agile type teams. We need these people. Mm-hmm. And so the, the role or position attaches to the, to the seat and attaches to the person. You can see how it maps out.
2: Is there a type of company that that is more prone to need this black diamond? I you know
0: people ask for that question. And, and I think the answer is the companies that have people.
2: Yeah. I hate those. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I'm, I'm you know. always looking for that one that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, kind <laughs> of a, that's kind of an asshole answer. I apologize,
0: but you know, individuals in, in, in my whole attitude is, you know, like I said, it, organizations of fiction only given meaning and power by those who buy in. And so everything I'm doing is for them and not to them. I'm just, I'm just a huge believer that we're as, we're as weak as our weakest link and our weakest link is our people sure. Let's empower these folks. And, Cause I swear they bring this, they bring this thing with them to, to, to work every day It's between their ears called their brain. You know, employees have brains and let's, let's help them use it. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So while well, it's the book out, can we get yep. the book yet? Yep.
0: Yep. yep. Okay. Book, just right. Death of the org chart is just all you have to type in death of the org chart.
2: For the people that want to take a step before they read it, or they're just too darn lazy to get on Amazon and get the book and go through it. What do you think is the first step? for people the first
0: step is a full inventory of all the of all the roles or positions i use the word positions in my world because i think of uh but it's a role in the accountability chart is a role so when you turn a great accountability chart work you've got your roles and roles attached to processes roles attached to teams roles attached right so that's the that's the idea we're able to you know some companies are getting super deep in it and building the or graph, uh, depth around their roles. Some people are just doing it like the, the, uh, you know, the, the, the seat level, but you know, when you get into, Hey, here's your role, it, it's you, can use the model a thousand different ways, but here's your role. Here's the processes you're following. And here's who you're going to be coached by in the organization, like a subject matter expert who really gets the role. This is who you turn to. It might not necessarily be who you report to.
2: Yeah. So if you've yeah. already
0: done a great accountability chart, you're well on your way.
2: I think that what you just said is so key because there are, you know, a subject matter expert and somebody who's really great at LMA are not necessarily the same person, Absolutely. but in, in that accountability chart, we get, we get stuck into that framework and you know, I have companies who are like, well, well shouldn't we draw a dotted line from this person over to that person? I'm like, no, we're not doing dotted lines. Um, yep. so you've, you've kind of abstracted those two ideas and separated them in a healthy way. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing
0: about it is if you think about the organizational graph is just like a multi-level accountability chart with all of these dotted lines, you can actually sort it where all you can see is the, you can see the roles and the coaches, you know, you can, you can, you, sure. can, you can filter it a thousand different ways to see the different connections and be able to navigate the organization. And, and is the
1: software also available?
0: Yeah. So that's ograph.io, like O in terms of the the letter dot IO. This
2: is super fun, I'm glad to get to talk to you and get to share this on Tractionville at the beginning of this journey because I think this is gonna have um, a long lasting Walt Brown, Uncle Walt impact on the entrepreneurial community as, as people even start to get this mindset. I mean, this is a mindset shift in a lot of ways that we can get this level of clarity in a way that yep. that can be shared, so that's really exactly. cool. I'm really excited cool. for you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ben. It's just exciting, you
0: know. So EOS you know, Worldwide knows all about what I'm doing. Well, you
1: you're not know. you're not replacing the accountability chart. I don't. know, I mean, uh-uh. that's that's not happening at all here. Um, mm-hmm. You're like you said, you we're, were that's the foundational stuff, and then from all those roles, we can then look at. Um, well, I imagine we go into OGraph and then we can start, you know, putting the data into the software, right? And then, then it builds out the maps.
0: Yeah, period. Put your people in and then, you know, put yep. your seats in and put your roles in. And from there you've got your you've got the building block to do it to do the rest of it. Take an inventory of all your teams, all of your meetings and you know, you tie so, your objectives so well, and key results to it. If,
1: <laughs> if we were to distill this down, what are the one, two and three top three benefits that they're going to get? out of reading death of an org chart.
0: Well, death of the org chart and understanding of the 14 point cognizance model is number one, C-suite CEO is going to be able to say clearly who is doing what and why, and every individual contributor is going to be able to say, what am I doing and why? And this is it's just a way to visualize and, and see everything that's going on in an organization. and Especially when you think about what COVID has done for us. You know, COVID has created this this ten-year warp into the the adoption of virtual work and and all of the tools we're using. If if it wasn't for COVID, we wouldn't be where we are today. I mean, this is this is I'm doing virtual sessions all over the place, and employees are working virtually anywhere. And so we don't have this we don't have the office anymore to to create sort of the ad hoc connections and the awareness and Hey, help me navigate this. You know, it needs to be much more overt and out in the open. So what, what this does immediately is it gets us to be able to see the full organization and individual to say, Hey, who do I go to? And in a lot of ways, when you have this map and everybody understands what's going on, you, you're, you're creating permission. Oh, I am a coach in this subject matter world and people can see that I am. And somebody's coming to me to talk to me about this, the, the subject that I'm a, a expert in and I see where they're coming from. Does that make, so you just get this clarity of this communication. Yeah immediately uh you know i don't know if you ever has anybody been ever ever been part of an organization where they have like they do disc or they do colby and on the doors of the different colors and how quickly that helps you communicate you know yeah it's like that it's basically what we're talking about
2: very cool you're on the cutting edge walt we will get people to death of the org chart on amazon and ograph.io as always we like to end with one question what's the biggest thing on your mind heart right now you get the audience of Tractionville, all yours. What's one piece of, of wisdom you can leave us with. Uh, I had this great
0: compliment yesterday. I called one of my clients and he, he had called, he had a question. He was kind of down when I, when I talked to him and, and he says, you know, Walt, when, when I finish with you, I'm just always smiling and laughing. I've, I've laughed and I'm smiling. And I just think, you know, there's so much bullshit going on in the world nowadays. Just look for the humor, look for a reason to, to laugh. The sky's not falling. <laughs> You know, it's just just it's positive. We have ways to make
2: life good, and just you know, smile first and and find yeah. some humor. That's going on. That's
0: good. Serious. Yeah.
2: All right, Tractionville, get contagious from Uncle Walt. Thanks for spending time with us again. You get the badge. Uh, I'm sure it's in the mail already. The first ever repeat offender on Tractionville. Tractionville, hope you enjoyed the episode. Check out ograph.io, grab Walt's book, and we will see you next week for Tractionville Tuesday.